Crazy effing mommy episode 130. I feel like we haven't spoken in over a month because you know I was in the motherland and now I'm back in Manhattan and I I I like I can't for first of all first of all, I, I this is an episode all about Italia okay just just to get that out of the way I have a few things to say before. But if you're not interested in hearing about my trip to Italy, or if you're not interested in hearing about recommendations on where to eat and where to shop, i.e. buy jewelry, this episode's not for you. If you want to hear about it, then get a coffee, sit back, let's start talking. Okay, but let me just say one thing before we start. Okay, hold on. (coughs) Let me, I gotta take a sip. Hold on. I left my, I cannot travel anywhere if my house is not clean when I leave. Because I cannot go on a vacation and then come home to the shit show. I can't come home to dolls in the middle of the carpet. I I can't do it. Okay. And uh, I I came home to a clean house. But but within seconds, within seconds, it was like, overrun overrun with toys and this because you know Paulie the tooth had the kids of course when I was in the motherland and so the second I got back he's like okay kids are yours now and it's like yeah okay I got it but like can I can I decompress just one second no you know what you don't get to decompress when you're a mother this is what I'm always telling Chris because he doesn't have children he's like oh um I'm back from Italy. I'm so busy. I got all this stuff. I'm like, you got, what What do you got? I came back to Italy. The second I got back to, I got the kids. I had to unpack, do laundry, do the food shopping, plan plan what we were eating for the rest of the week. My Annalise had her braces off this week. It's like, it, it, you know, it's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Okay. I, like, whatever. Whatever. Fact of the day. I got a few facts about the motherland for you. Okay. Italy. Fifth, fifth most visited country in the world, okay? All of the, all of the uh, three volcanoes, active volcanoes in Europe, in the motherland, okay? Pizza, as we know, where was pizza invented? In Naples, Naboli Don. First, and, and by the boy, okay? Naboli Don doesn't work there, okay? It's Neapolitan. They understand Neapolitan or napolitana or napolitano but you walk into naples and you're down the street spacanopoli and you're like so no napolitan people look at you like you you're nuts you're nuts so thank you nani for that crazy dialect all the i don't even know what the dialect is that my i think she's speaking half italian half english a little Brooklynese and maybe a dash of Pig Latin. Okay, <laughs> that's 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 the Italian I'm running around in Italy talking. Okay, and and throw a little junior high school Spanish in there. Just saying. Anyway, okay, Italy has the most UNESCO World Heritage sites in the world, and we've been eating pasta since the fourth century BC. <clears throat> Excuse me. God, I'm not even putting milk in the coffee anymore. And, you know, it's like I got the throat situation. Anyway, I talked on an episode ages ago about noodles and pasta and all that kind of stuff. And uh, how I I think there must be a little bit of a um, culinary war between Asia and Italy. Who invented the noodle, the pasta? Because I think Asians say, no, they, they did. They, 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 they invented, you know, like maybe it's rice noodles, whatever it is. And the Italians, you know, we come in and we're like, 4th century BC. How do you like that? Okay, so I, which one is it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, before we get into more Italy stuff, let me give you a, a couple of updates. My book is complete. Yay. Yay, Brava, this has been a labor of love, people. You don't understand. I didn't do a podcast the week. I, I think I did a posted a podcast like the Monday of the week I was leaving for Italy. And I was planned to do another one. But I didn't do it because I needed to get the book finished. Like that was it. Like the book had to be finished. I, I wanted it to be done. 
everything from outside blurbs, inside flap covers, dedication page, the whole thing. And, uh, and I did it with the editor. We had, I think it was 12 or 13 rounds of manuscripts uh, at, the, at the end of everything, you know, drafts. Such a labor of love. I sent um, a, a copy of the book, a printed copy of the book to my manager, uh, Diana. Hi, Diana, if you're listening. Love you, doll. She, Italian, of course, lives in uh, the Rockaways in Queens, of course. Like, like, like I said, who else am I going to work with? It's like Italians or Jews. Like, that's all, That's like pretty much all I do. Uh, anyway, anyway, I sent her a copy two months ago, something like this. She was like, oh, my God, I loved it. Da, da. It's a total, it's like a totally different book now. Not, not the, um, <clears throat> not the title, not the contents of the book. It's just, you know, as, as the manuscripts, as you keep developing and working, you know, with the editor, it's like more things come and, and, um, and it, it's been great. So the book is set to go to print at the end of February. I'm really excited. It should be available sometime towards the end of March. The only thing I'm waiting on is this designer, the cover designer. So uh, he better get his ass in gear. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, that, that's about it. Moving on to, to so we're, 2023, job cuts, pay cuts. I, every, the world, all the prices, in the whole, everything is going up, except guess what? Our paychecks, I'm with you. I feel you. I feel your pain. The CEO of Intel, I saw you on CNBC, CEO, CEO of Intel took a 25% haircut on his pay it's like yeah and they're like you know we're in bad times oh really I don't think the CEO of Intel was probably doing so bad you know pre-haircut and after haircut I'm pretty sure he still has his properties and his yachts and all the such such but you know Google Alphabet cut 12,000 jobs on the Intel note, they also docked some executive pay. And again, uh, these people, let me note, uh, a lot of them have been paid a lot of, lot of money. Some of my friends that work in big, big tech have said uh, the people that uh, have that are losing their jobs are some of uh, the sort of fluff positions that maybe they hired during the pandemic Um you know, I don't know, disaster recovery offices. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what these jobs are. But um, I'm telling you this just because, you know, obviously we have to be grateful for whatever we have and and you always got to be a good shopper. I mean, you know, the gallon of milk last year, the price of the gallon of milk last year, all you get in this year, same price, half gallon. So, you know, I'm shopping for deals. Everybody's shopping for deals. And by the by, and by the by, I I think that there are certain businesses out there that are raising their prices, taking advantage of this like faux recession everybody says we're in or whatever. I think there are some businesses that are like, oh, everything's going up, so our prices had to go up. Because I, some things like, like breadsticks, okay? Semolina seeded breadsticks at the supermarket were costing me... I don't know, three ninety nine. They weren't Stelladoro. They were some, you know, just some weird brand. And now they're like five twenty nine. And and I went on the company's website and they said that they had to raise the prices on the. Oh really? Oh, I I don't. Did did the cost of semolina flour go up? Like did sesame seeds? Like is that? Anyway, okay. Italy. I told you I had a friend. She was like, you got to book a tour. You got to book a tour. And I said, I'm not booking a tour. I lived there. Thank you. I went back with the tooth a million years ago. Uh, I had a 36-page agenda because, you know, I'm me. I had it in a plastic, you know, five-star folder on a Google Doc. If anybody that's listening is going to Italy, specifically Rome, wants some of my agenda, or all of it, I'm happy to send you the document, by the by. So just DM me, stay on top of me, send me an email, ask me for it. I'm totally happy to share it. Um, I went, the home base was Rome, okay? So we flew to Rome, and we went to Deruta, which is an Umbria region uh so Rome is in Lazio, uh, Deruta is in Umbria. We went to Florence, which is in Tuscany, 
and then we did a day trip to Naples. I was also supposed to hit a couple other towns on the agenda. Arezzo and um, and uh, what was the other one? Oh, Montepulciano. Because I'm not a huge wine drinker, but I heard there's a linen shop in Montepulciano that is like a gift from God. And, you know, look, you all know I'm 39 years old, but I, there's nothing more than I love. Jewelry, ceramics, pottery, home goods, linens. I lo- We spend a third of our life sleeping. Why the hell shouldn't we have nice linens? I wasn't actually going there to buy bed sheets, though. The store in Montepulciano, which I'm forgetting the name, you just have to look it up, has apparently the most beautiful tablecloths and beautiful everything. And um, I couldn't wait to get my hands in that store. And I didn't get to go. Um, tangent, when I was in the south of France uh, years ago, I went to a flea market in Provence, and they had... They were used, but who cares? The most gorgeous hand-embroidered tablecloths and runners that I ever did see. So I, 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 I have such, um, such, such, such love for that moment in my life in Provence, sifting through the table with all the French locals on the Cote d'Azur, right? Like they're like like I like real like like I was like a schlepper. Everybody else was fabulous, you know. I have this real like 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 desire to like recreate that moment. And I was gonna do it in this linen store in Montepulciano. And I'm sorry I didn't get to go. And I wish I could give you a shout out right now. Um, if I post this clip of the podcast on my social media, I will make sure to tag you. Anyway, the reason why we didn't get to Arezzo and Montepulciano is because ooh. Dolce Vita Delucci made a slight mistake in the route. So from Rome, we rented a car and we drove to Deruta, home of Italian pottery. And then from there, on that same route, we were going to hit Arezzo, Montepulciano, wind up in Florence, right? Stay a night in Florence, come back to Rome, do like a day of Rome, a Roman day, and then the next day take the train for the day for Naples. Until we got into the car and Chris is <laughs> looking at the map and he's like, Deruta is nowhere near Arezzo and Montepulciano. He's like, are we just on this trip so you could like scavenge a hunt for treasures? Because like, I don't know how you didn't look at the map. And I was like, let me tell you something. You better take it from a 10 down to a 1. Because last time I checked, I did the agenda. Thank you. And this is the only scuffle I had. Okay, so in Rome, let me tell you where I stayed. Uh, and brace yourself. Okay, I want you to, because, you know, because we're family here. But, like, you know. I stayed at the Waldorf Astoria in Rome. Now, here's the thing. I got the best deal on this hotel. When I tell you the best, I think it was $200 a night. I swear to God. The Rome Cavalieri Waldorf Astoria, look it up. It is not in the center of the city. I did not, I don't like staying in the center of the city. I don't want to walk out my hotel and I don't want to be in front of the Pantheon, okay? I don't want to be in front of the Trevi Fountain the second I walk out of the hotel. I don't want to get dressed, okay, Go down to hotel breakfast, because I only stay at hotels where breakfast is included. Because otherwise it's a waste of money. Come on, we got economics here, people. Okay, and and I I do not want to have my breakfast in the hotel, walk out the hotel doors, and then be dealing with people hawking, like hawking crucifixes at me. That's not how I like to travel, okay? That's not how I do it. So I like to stay a little bit off the beaten path, so after a day... Of, of, of sightseeing and, and experiencing and living La Dolce Vita de Luci, that I could come home to a home base and relax. And I love a comfortable bed. So I, I Rome Cavalieri, Waldorf Astoria, totally recommend. They, 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 they treated us like gold. And again, $200 a night. I got it for, I don't know why. Maybe because this is the off season. Which, by the way, listen, 
I recommend that. Some people are like, well, I'd rather go to Italy in the summer. I'd rather go to Italy in the spring. Oh, yeah? Well, okay, you could spend five times the price then. How about that? Okay, how about that? I could see the same thing in the off season that you are seeing. Five, get out of here. I can't. I am not. I'm not doing it. It was cold, but it was no colder than New York. It was fine. It Like, whatever. Anyway, okay. In Rome, saw all the sites. I mean, again, I did all this already. When I lived there, I, I lived in Trastevere when I was uh, 19 for college. I did all the everything. You know, this was like, Chris has never been. So this was like, he was seeing it all for the first time. The Trevi Fountain, okay, where you throw out the coin in, right? Um, Piazza Navona, uh, Campo de Fiori. These are like piazzas in the middle of Rome, you know, where they have fruit markets and restaurants. And by the way, do yourself a favor. When you go, don't ever eat in any of the restaurants in the piazza, in the squares, like in Campo de Fiori or in Piazza Navona, because they're all tourist trap restaurants. The food's not that good. They're going to cost you an arm and a leg. And you'll be much better off wandering around, and I have some restaurants for you, but wandering around and finding uh, a little place. Now, I did sit one day, Campo de Fiori has a, a fruit market, I think it's every Fridays, or a, fr a, a, a food market. So, of course, you know, I went, I had to check out the local produce, that's what I did. I'm, I go on, I go love, love to go to supermarkets anywhere I go. So, I, I did the um, the food market. And after that, I, I sat at a restaurant in Campo de Fiore and I had a cappuccino because, like, I mean, what are you, like, you, you going to charge me 50, euros, 50 cents, 50 cent euro, whatever the hell it is, more, because I'm in this tourist place and, like, well, you can't F up a cappuccino. It's fine. Um, so that's that. But um, went to the Coliseum. Uh, interesting, by the way, about the Coliseum, you know, I've, largest amphitheater in the world, it's 2,000 years old, you know, and again, when I was there visiting the Coliseum, I was 19, so 20 years ago, I, you know, I, you don't, youth is wasted on the young, right, like, I'm standing in this thing, you know, the other day, and I'm like, 2,000 years old, like, that's crazy, and you know, it's a little focaccia, the Colosseum, but that's because a few earthquakes came through Italy and, and, and shook up the joint. What I didn't know about the Colosseum that I found out is that it, it was used once once um, it was, like, shut down, right? So it, 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 it shut down. You know, it was used, obviously, as an amphitheater, and it was, like, medieval sport, like, animals killing animals I mean you know horror uh, you know barbarian stuff people killing people I can't and then it, it, it was then used as like a stable then a family took it over as their home because you know that's normal it's not like let's go move into the house in the cul-de-sac it's like pack your shit let's go to the coliseum we're moving in like the weird but anyway after that it kind of for for some centuries it stayed vacant and um and it was abandoned and when there was these earthquakes and whatever other uh, spots around Rome used the Colosseum as a quarry. And I don't know if it's marble or travertine or a combination of both, but they actually used the, uh, the material <clears throat> inside the Colosseum and from the Colosseum to build St. Peter's Basilica, which is in Vatican City. <clears throat> That's the big church. <clears throat> Excuse me. We went to Vatican City. We went on, we went to the Vatican Museum, totally worth it. You have to go. The frescoes, the map room, the art, I mean, it's ridiculous. We went to St. Peter's Basilica, amazing. Uh, 20 years ago, I went to a mass that the Pope did for college students. Um, so that was nice. But if you are in Italy or planning to go every Sunday at 12 o'clock, the Pope goes from a window in St. Peter's Square, which is, you know, right outside St. Peter's Basilica, right in the Vatican, every Sunday at 12 o'clock, and he speaks to the crowd. So you can get your own Pope experience, you know. Uh, one more thing, though, about the Colosseum is the, when the Colosseum needed restoration, shout out to Italian luxury shoe brand Todd's 
one of my favorites. Todd's with their love, the driving moccasins. First of all, let me tell you something. I have about 6,000 pairs of Todd loafers because when I was working, you know, in the corporate world and all this, <clears throat> you have to dress the part. They make the most comfortable shoes. A little narrow, but very comfortable. Last forever. I have so many pairs. And they're pricey, but, you know, like I felt like I had to dress a little bit masculine. Not that wearing driving moccasins are masculine, but I felt like I had to dress a little masculine when I was working in the corporate world to take seriously. Like, who were you going to give a promotion to? The girl in the five-inch platforms from Wild Pair or the girl in the classy Todd's driving moccasins, you know, with a nice cigarette pant. Yeah, I thought so. So anyway, the chairman and CEO of Todd's, I think this was in 2011, they decided to fund the restoration of the Coliseum. And that's like a piece of information that doesn't really get around a lot. And I think that we should give a shout out to Todd's. Uh, that's, you know, that's a beautiful brand with not so beautiful prices, to be honest. Beautiful craftsmanship. And look, and they use their money for good. I wonder if that was a tax write-off, to be honest. Like, does that get considered like a donation? But it cost them 25 million euros. So, you know, and they said it was a, um, it was a dream job for them. It wasn't even a question. You know, that was their press statement. It wasn't even a question if they should do it. You know, they said it's restoring such an important, this is the quote, restoring such an important monument, a worldwide symbol of Italy, which carries a strong synergy between the public and private sector is a motivation we would like followed by others, commencing with large Italian businesses. It's not a dream. It's a reality. We have to do it. We have to do it now. And then later he says it was a dream job. So bravo to Todd's. Good for you. Anyway. Um, Pantheon was great. Pantheon was really great. You know, former Roman temple, uh, since 600 AD. Capuchin Crypt. This was something, uh, new that I did. So, uh, the Capuchin Crypt is the Capuchin Friars. There's only, uh, I think 3,000 of them left in the world. These are the, um, friars that wear the all brown, very, um, what's the word? Uh, basic not in the pop culture word sense, um, minimal, simple garbs, right? Unlike the Vatican, which is all like gold and elaborate and everything. The, uh, these, the Capuchin Friars, uh, there's a church, right? It's uh, Santa Maria de Cappuccini or something like this. And they have a crypt in the basement. And they there's 3,700 bodies of deceased capuchin friars are there and all their bones are made uh into like pieces of art like and there's six kind of stations that you walk through like I like cemeteries for whatever weird reason I like cemeteries I, I like all that kind of stuff so like if you like a little bit of on the macabre like side visit this worth it totally worth it if you uh aren't into like seeing three thousand year old bone bones and by the way it's an active burial site because they still bury people in the ground um if you google it you can see all kinds of images and it's crazy and it's weird i didn't even show chris before we were going because i knew he would be like absolutely not um but the um the catacombs in rome i didn't see this time I saw 20 years ago. That is worth visiting for sure. So there's like some little recommendations. Let's talk shopping because, you know, that's, I love. Okay, and, and let's start with food actually. So in Rome, lots of people gave me restaurant recommendations. Lots of, you know, stuff that was right in the middle of the piazzas. And, you know, I didn't, I did and didn't take them. It depends. Here were my top three favorite restaurants in Rome. If you're there, you have to go. Rome, Roma Sparita. Okay, this is Roma Sparita in Trastevere. By the way, most of these restaurants are in Trastevere. Trastevere is a neighborhood in Rome that's similar to the West Village. It's where real people lived. It's where I lived when I was there. It's a cool uh, off 
the beaten path kind of thing. Anyway, Roma Spirita. This is also Anthony Bourdain's, was Anthony Bourdain's favorite restaurant in Rome. It's absolutely delicious, like a very homey kind of decor, like a light blue and cream plaid, you know, curtains and the, you know, the whole thing. Um, the food was, was delicious. Okay. Was delicious. Second restaurant also in Trust Evre, Da Enzo. Da Enzo. I did a video about this, about the waiter that wouldn't give me salt. Let me tell you something. Like you, I've had lots of macaroni in my life. I practically have macaroni running through these veins. It, the, they had a special. I was almost like, I'm not going to get this, but it was tagliatelle ragu. Very simple. Chris, he got the alla matriana, you know, which is the pork cheek. I don't, I don't like a pork cheek that much. It, mine, the ragu at Da Enzo was so, it was like, obviously homemade pasta. It was rich. It was buttery. Like I couldn't get enough. I even had to take the bread and like, you know, like mop up, like, like, like as if, like I can't. Oh. By the way, at Roma Spirita, I had uh, the uh, cacio e pepe because in Rome, Rome, typical Roman dishes, cacio e pepe, um, um, al metriana, al carbonara. Not a fan of the last two. Cacio e pepe, in my opinion, is the Italian version of macaroni and cheese. You know, it's just uh, Parmesan cheese and, you know, pepper, but delicious. The other restaurant that I went to, oh my God. This, this I think might have been my favorite. It's called Cecilian Boca, Sicilian Boca. Translation, the mouth of Sicily. Oh my God. This restaurant was, the from start to finish, amazing. First of all, the decor was tremendous. You walk in to this restaurant and you feel like you're in the Amalfi Coast. Now, I'm not, like, and not in a corny way. Like, you, you feel, I well, actually, it's a silly. You walk in to the restaurant and you feel like you're in Palermo. Okay, or Agrigento. It is gorgeous. It's tiles. It's blues. It's greens. It's yellows. It's oranges. Everything's bright. Everything's convivial. Every it. it oh my God, they sold little like you know pottery and like shits by the door, which you know like I, I don't know if you could see. I bought one. You know one of the heads, the Sicilian heads, the Moorish heads. Anyway, moving on. Everything was delicious. Like. I had a whole fish. I don't even like a whole fish. And they, I was like, oh, is it filleted? You know, and they, they, they basically like, you know, they cut it open and then they breaded it and they lemoned it and all this stuff right into the fish. They didn't actually like take the fillet out. It, it was so good. You know, like everything, I just can't, I just can't communicate with words how delicious the food was how beautiful the decorations are and how fun all the people we went to this restaurant on a saturday night okay um it was late it was like 9 30 because we took naps and woke up a little late and we asked the hotel perk at the waldorf you know please get us into this restaurant whatever and they said fine and uh all, all the Italians were there. No, not an American, not a tourist. Everybody was Italian. Everybody was screaming. Everybody was having a great time. Like, that's where I want to be. You know, Da Enzo, which by the way, you should know, doesn't take reservations. But Da Enzo, and get there early because there's a huge line, even for lunch. Da Enzo obviously had tons of Italians too because that, that's delicious. They all go there too, the Italians. But, but that had more tourists because that's like on the map. Okay, that's on the map. But Cicil in Boca. I'm probably butchering the name, but it's five Delucci hearts. It's the best. It was the honestly, it was the best. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to shopping in Rome. Okay, there is a street in Rome called Via Margueta. M A R G U T T A. Like, not Margarita, like Margueta. Like, I don't know what a Margueta is, okay? But Via Margueta, that's the street. This street is a small little street near the Pantheon. I, I've never been here before in my life. I had discovered it before the trip, and I went and I loved it. There's a couple of boutique luxury hotels on the street, 
which by the way, I would stay at if I go back and I didn't want to stay at the same place. Like if I didn't get the same deal at the same place, I would stay here. Um, a lot of art galleries on this street. It's tucked away. It's one of these streets. You know, I love a tucked away street. I love a street off the beaten path. Chris, this is, Chris, by the way, thinks this is hilarious. He's like, why do you like streets that are tucked away? Like in New York, I won't eat on 6th Avenue. I won't eat on 7th Avenue South. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. It's a, I want to do a side street. A side street or a tucked away street. That's how I like to eat. That's where I'm happy. Like Cornelia Street, uh, you know, like, you know, near 7th Avenue and Bleecker. This is, I think, what's over there. Is Palmer over there? That is a beautiful street to me to go eat on. Tucked away. Tucked away. By the way, on uh, Cornelia Street, you know who used to have, you know who used to have uh, a house there? Does he still have it? Orange Crocs. Orange Crocs. Come on, Orange Crocs. The chef. What the hell is his name? What's your name? Oh, my God. You know, the big guy with the ponytail and the Orange Crocs food network. All right, whatever. Anyway, Tucked Away Street. Via Margueta is a Tucked Away Street. Art galleries, right? Little hotels, probably small luxury hotels of the world, which I love. Um, two stores that are worth visiting. One is called Serra, S-E-R-R-A. I Before I even went to Italy, I already knew this store was going to be a fortune because they kept coming up all over Google, which means that they have money to spend on SEO or they know how to do good marketing. But I knew the prices were going to be high. They sell ancient Roman coin jewelry. Okay. If you're looking for an ancient Roman coin, like a ring or a necklace, they sell it. If you're looking for also, and you know, it's like it's thousands upon thousands of euros, by the by. This isn't like a, a $25 euro transaction. If you're looking for like a fake coin, you know, maybe something that's like been stamped with a plastic, like a, <clears throat> what you want, like a lacquer, they also sell that. I didn't buy anything in there. But the store on Via Margueta, which I thought was, you you have to go to this place, is called The Shop of Marmararo. I, I should do a post on it. I have a little bit of a video. I, not much talking, though. They basically take marble slabs, rough-cut marble slabs, small, like, like, like 5 by 7 and then they very roughly engrave, engrave a saying or something in them. If you want like a custom one made, it's going to take a week, just FYI. But I bought one that says La Dolce Vita. I also bought one that said Allora, because, you know, the Italians, that's, you know, when you're in Italy, everything is Allora, like in, in which tr direct translation is kind of like, so, anyway, okay. You know, it's kind of like a filler word. But um, Marmararo is the name of the shop and it's a tiny little shop <clears throat> run by father and the daughter they they sit in front of on a couch in front of the fireplace having coffee they don't give a shit about who, you like they don't literally they literally don't even turn head when you walk in it's tiny there's just signs and clutter everywhere it's a it's a it's a it's a treasure you gotta go anyway okay so what that's wrong went to Deruda. The only thing to do in Deruda is shop for Italian pottery. If you don't like Italian pottery, don't even bother going. If you love it, then you have like you have to put it on your life bucket list. Like places to go before you go die. Deruda. Put the pin in it. Get there. That's all I'm gonna say. I liked um, the place that I did the video on, which was uh, Toretti Toretti Ceramica which is a 150-year-old uh, family-owned business, and they have, like, an outlet, and they have a showroom, and then they had another third showroom with even more expensive stuff. And to be honest, like, when you buy Deruda, like, real Deruda, I'm not talking about home goods. There's a different Home goods Deruda, a lot of times, is when you flip it over and you see, like, in... Times New Roman, you know, 10-point font, Deruda Pottery, like, Italy. You know, like, some shit, like, it's like a stamp. Like, that's not real Deruda. That's like someone machine-made that, you know, 
in Chennai and like shipped it over and sent it to Home Goods. And don't get me wrong, I have some stuff like that and it's fine. But this stuff is hand painted. And when you flip it over, it, uh, you know, it, it says like made by hand and Deruta Umbria. And usually it has the factory that it's made at. Now, um, because it's all hand painted and the more detail, the more expensive, the brighter colors, the more expensive. Da -da. There's a lot of stores there and you can easily get ripped off. I mean, because you, you're believing like whatever. First of all, note to self when shopping in Rome, I like never, never pay the sticker price. Like I just say, Sconto, you know, is there a Sconto? Is there a Sconto? That means is there, is there a discount? Okay. Maybe it's, uh, what is it? Volio un Sconto? Can I have, I want a, I want a discount. That's what, how rude. How rude. You get this Italian-American girl right out of Brooklyn, right out of Manhattan, right up in Italy, go to the motherland, and I'm like, voglio un scanto. They're probably like, que cazzo fai? Like, what the fuck are you doing? They're probably like, Ushita, exit, okay? That's, 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 he, but that's how you do, everywhere around the world bargains. You know who doesn't bargain? The USA. When I go to Bloomingdale's, by the way, let me say, when I go to Bloomingdale's and I go to the jewelry section, and if I see something, say I see a, a bracelet for $1,000, and I'm in the Bloomingdale's jewelry section right here on 59th Street, New York. You know what I say to sales girl? Okay, now what's the real price? She's like, and she, they laugh at me. And I say, you, I shop here, and usually you give me a discount. Like, that's how it works. Like, so... It, I ask for discounts everywhere I go. I don't even care. Sometimes, sometimes if I'm in a supermarket, I'll, if, you know, I don't know, if I don't like the price of the lemons, if they rang them up, I say, can you throw, throw one in for free? What? Why not? Why not? Right? Anyway. Voglio un scanto. So be careful when you go to Deruta because, you know, there are a lot of places. You're going to get good a good price, right? Because, like, you're in the place where they're making them. And there's not a ton of tourists that come through. Most of the places in Deruta work with stores, you know. Um, but if you show up and you are the direct customer, you know, that doesn't happen all the time for them. So I think you got a little wiggle room there is all I'm going to say. Okay. Now, uh, Florence was amazing. For Florence, you know, shopping in Florence. I mean, you know, we went to the Uffizi Gallery, which you need to see. There's Botticelli's there. There, um, I, I mean, like, I, I'm almost like blank, like, like Da Vinci's, like Michelangelo's. Like, by the way, I didn't mention, but you know, you're gonna go to the Sistine Chapel when you go to Rome, right, to see the Michelangelo's uh, painting on the ceiling. You are, um, but you know, like. There's so there was the art in Florence uh, at the Uffizi was so overwhelming, and I have been to Florence, but that's not uh, a place that I had gone. So that was amazing. Jewelry shopping in Florence is fabulous. If you like Bucciolati, Bucciolati um, is that even how you pronounce it? Maybe it's Bucciolati. Who knows? I th I say Bucciolati. If you like Bucciolati, look on their website. It's a fortune. If you like those kind of designs, you'll love Florentine design jewelry. You could buy jewelry in Rome, which I forgot to tell you a place I'm going to tell you. But if you're in Florence, that's really where the uh, the craftsmanship comes in. Okay? So, uh, uh, the, uh, the jewelry is not made directly in Florence. There's a couple towns right outside of Florence that have... Um, that are like kind of the diamond district, but for gold, for 18 karat gold. And BTW, no 14 karat in Italy, only 18. And um, yeah, I mean, like if you ask for 14, they don't have 14. Here, we pay the price of 14, right? Like, but it, like we pay, we, we pay a lot of money for 14 karat gold. There, it's cheaper and you get 18 karat. So just saying. Um, Never buy jewelry in Florence on the Ponte Vecchio. Okay, the Ponte Vecchio is where people will say, oh, the jewelry stores are amazing. Yeah, those jewelry stores are going to rip you off. Okay, they're going to rip you off. That's where everybody knows to buy jewelry. In Florence, there are two stores. Uh, in the Piazza Santa Croce, 
Okay, Oro Due is one. Cellini Gold is another one. Also in the Piazza di Santa Croce is a Florentine, uh, a, a family-owned store that makes um, Florentine trays, gold leaf trays. Some decorative. You could throw them on the wall. You could use them as serving trays. I mean, it's gorgeous. Like that. I I love I love Florence. Florence is classy. Florence is you know Florence is a classy place. Um, but going back to jewelry in Rome, I want to say and Sweeney, and Sweeney in Rome is the oldest jewelry shop in Rome, and they sell silver and stuff like that. It's expensive. I didn't buy anything there. Uh, Shelley though, Shelley, uh, Jolaria, like oh how's that for pronunciation? Um, it's basically Shelley Jewelers is the place that you would want to go to if you want to buy a chain or something like that. An 18 karat gold chain uh, in Rome. So I forgot to tell you that. So that's that. And 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 last but not least, let me move on to Naples. My family's from Naples. We're from Gragnano. If I didn't tell you, uh, like, uh, I think like four or five generations ago, my family started the DiMartino macaroni brand. So DiMartino is... You know, it's still around. It's all over the place. They've been partnering with Dolce & Gabbana. Why'd you sell? Like, why? Why'd you do that? But, like, I would not be podcasting from, like, a casa right now. Just saying. Just saying. Whatever. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm not. Anyway. There are some... There's a beautiful part of Naples with you know, hot, more high-end shops and, you know, restaurants. I only had, I only spent a day there. I did not go to that area. You can ask me for it if you want in DM. Um, I spent a lot of my time uh, in the center of Naples. Spacanopoli is the name of the street. There's a real name of the street, by the way, but what everybody calls it is Spacanopoli, right? That's the name of the street. And this is where you could find uh, coral horns, jewelry shops, pizza, nativity scenes, like like everything, okay? Um, I want to say to you, though, that off Spacanopoli, off the street, little side street, San Giorgio Armin, Armeno, I think. Armin, no, it's Armeno, is the street that makes all of the nativities. So I actually didn't know this. Um, almost more than any other Neapolitan tradition is uh, the biggest, I should say, more than any other. So the biggest is making nativities. Uh, the nativities, obviously, as you know, as we know nativities, it's the little, remember the, it, okay. Remember the old school nativities that your mother or your grandmother had? It looked like it came out of a fucking barn. It was like wood with straw and da, 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 da. and then the baby Jesus is flipped over and then and Christmas morning you flip the Jesus back over and you got the wise men with the gold and the myrrh. Um, remember those old school nativities that you, your mother had? Like I still have one, right? Actually, the two threw it out. And then he, he felt so bad when he was in Tel Aviv. He brought me an olive wood nativity. Yeah, I remember that tooth. Okay. Mm. Anyway, back to this. Those type of nativities, those styles, those bond looking nativities, they come from Italy. You could still buy them. <clears throat> and here they're very expensive. <clears throat> of course, unless you get them off season, you get a deal. But uh, they make nativity scenes of course, the baby Jesus and the whole thing, but they also make nativity scenes. Well, they also make another kind of scene, a miniature scene, and it encapsulates the spirit, the diversity, the fun of the city. You know, animated, funny, dramatic, Baroque, theater. It's like, you know, the cooking. <clears throat> so you'll find two different types of nativities around Naples. <clears throat> excuse me, particularly on the San Gregorio Armeno. And uh, I wrote it down. The Neapolitan precipi is specifically the nativity figurines. And the pastori is the pastoral figurines. So, you know, one is obviously the religious and one is like the fun. When you are on Spacanopoli, you are going to see tons of stores that sell heads and legs and 
grass for a nativity and little baby dolls and all kinds of like the crazy mini breads and mini mini steaks it's the weirdest thing it's like a world of miniatures but but the neapolitans do this as a hobby they 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 have a they at home they'll have a uh like a i don't want to say nativity they'll have this pastoral scene right one of these things these things and and every you know so often they add to it right and they make them mechanical and you got the mommy putting the dough in the oven and the baby's playing outside and it's all handmade and it's so wonderful it's so wonderful that the the uh neapolitan nativities that are the big big ones there that are on display are protected under unesco under their masterpieces of oral and intangible heritage of humanity like that's how special they are so um and just so you know if you go there you could buy like a shitty one you know you can also buy a really expensive one like like anything else right but a lot of the people, like I said, from there, they collect little pieces every year. They build them over a long period of time. Um, and, you know, in December, around this time, you see a lot of people hunting around for new little pieces for the nativity. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's fabulous. Um, okay. Listen. Here's the thing. Naples. The pizza. Di Matteo. I went into, I was in a clothing store, right? I was in a clothing store in Spacanopoli. And in my broken, you know, whatever, I'm speaking. I asked for uh, the best pizza in Italian. And they told me uh, it's either Di Matteo or Da Matteo. And it's like a stand. Like there's no seats inside. You cannot sit. And they said it's the best pizza. And when I went to Da Matteo or Di Matteo, everybody's crowded outside not an American not a tour everybody everybody was like on their lunch break whatever great I also went across the street to try the pizza across the street because I wanted to sit down sat down inside a restaurant right across the street right across the street do you know how much the pizza was I'm looking dead into the camera if you're watching this a big pizza a big I wouldn't say 18-inch, 16-inch round pie. Round pie of pizza at Naples. Four euro. Four euro. Chris got a Fanta. He thinks it's like the Italian orangina. It probably is. It's actually delicious. You get used to it. That was three euro. I mean, like, in what planet? It It is, it, it, Naples, I thought was great. He's also from Naples. He didn't like the city as much. I was disappointed. He felt like it was very dirty and it was run down. And here's the thing: it is. They did not. It's 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 working class. At least this area, working class. Just Spacanopoli is the place where the Italians come and do their errands and buy their stuff, and then they go home and the laundry's hung on the thing. But you gotta go. I love Naples. I loved that whole scene. I liked the grittiness of it. I like things that are a little sticky. Also, the people are what makes Naples wonderful. The the Neapolitan people, their expressions, they're loud, they're big, they're fun. They're bi- I mean, and it's also very weird. Like I have not my skin coloring because I'm very pale, but I have the dark, Neapolitans usually have dark, dark eyes and dark, dark hair. So, you know, it was so funny, nice for me to be in stores. And this happened to me too when I went to Naples 20 years ago. But I was robbed then, so I was always anxious to go back. But uh, it's a different story, different time. But I, um, because it's not so safe, that's why. But it's nice to see people that look like you. That's all I'm going to say. But I will say, my friend Adriana Cento, um, whose husband is uh from italy like they met in italy and then they came moved back to staten island like they moved to staten island of course and uh, staten italy she said to me before well i was there we were texting and she said before you go to naples at least don't wear any jewelry no jewelry no fake jewelry no nothing just like totally under the radar and i didn't i didn't i didn't wear anything and she's like they will on the little motorino on the vespa just rip the chain off your neck i mean i've heard that about naples i've been mugged but i was mugged on a train so it was a little different and they stole everything 
Um, but if you do go there, just beware, okay? Overall, it was an amazing trip. Where's my ring? That's another story, okay? While I was there, I will also say, um, I just ate so much. I came back 10 pounds heavier. I don't know where I got the idea of like, let me go on vacation and just eat my way through the country. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to eat my way through the country. But I did manage to do a little bit of TV um, on a couple of the nights when we got in early, <laughs> like crazy to watch this. I watched three episodes of Vatican Girl on Netflix. You should check it out. Vatican Girl on Netflix. It's a sad story, It's uh, but it's worth watching. It, it takes place in Rome, you know, 1983. It's basically a, a, about a 15-year-old girl that lived in the Vatican because you can only live, there's only like 100 people that live in the Vatican. And the only people that are allowed to live in Vatican City have to work for the Vatican. So she went missing. And, um, and it's still a mystery where she is. So I'm not done with the show, but it's worth watching. Product of the day is the um is aqua de parma aqua de parma you know aqua de parma this is this is a perfume brand it's a lotion brand we have it here it's in all the fancy department stores in all the hotel in the hotel i stayed at in florence obviously uh it, it, in rome they 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 pre they don't give you some shitty you know garbage shampoo and lotion in the bathroom they gave you aqua de parma which of course chris then had a problem with it every time the cart went around you know i was looting <clears throat> but uh, I did treat myself in the duty-free store to Aqua de Parma Colonia, which is the, one of their scents. It's like their signature scent. It's like, uh, it's a little lavendery. It's a little sweet orangey. It's a little sandalwoody. It's a little lemon. I like it. I'm wearing it right now. I smell gorgeous. Uh, that's my product of the day. You can buy it anywhere. To me, it felt nicer. Because obviously I bought it there. And, you know, I know every time I smell it, it's going to bring me back to that trip. So I love that. You got to go to Italy. That's it. You got to go. You got to go. I, I And when you do, tell me all about it. And here is your quote. And it is uh, from Barbara Garuzzi Harrison. She was an American journalist and uh, memoirist. And her quote is, Italy offers one of the most priceless of one's possessions one's own soul that's it today for crazy effing mommy i'm elise delucci i will see you on the stage hopefully soon buy my book when it comes out whenever it comes out god god this damn book this god oh god this whole thing's driving me crazy anyway that's it for crazy effing mommy episode 130 love to love you baby I'm <laughs> sorry.